Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, again, again. Hey, hi, welcome back to the Pakish Podcast. That's P U C K I S H. Get it, yes, okay? Thanks, man. Yeah, in, in any know, case, right? Yeah, yeah. In any case, if you don't know what Pakish means, it means childish, it means childlike, uh, playful, and funny. Mischievous. And mischievous, thanks. Maybe, thanks maybe not so childlike. Though. We're trying to be less childlike over the years. Yeah, okay. Who's the yeah. most so man child now? We created this podcast. Uh, we are basically um, approaching our 30s and we still don't know much about the world. So that's why we created this podcast to find out more about the world and find out more about each other and try to improve ourselves through conversations. And, um, you know, and we'll maybe of we also like, invite we want to bring the audience along on that. Yeah, that in our journey. discovery as we crawl and run and, you know, walk through our journey. So, yeah, so for today's episode, we are going to talk about army days, the 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 very uh, epic, the very you know um, the first army movie that you can think about when you when you think about the Singapore army experience. But before that, uh, just to recap, last week we actually had this Jalat uh, June challenge uh, as coined by Vin. Oh yeah, wait, 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 forgot. I forgot to introduce everyone. So so we have <laughs> Vinod, aka Vin Deeson. Hello, YJ. I mean, uh, Yue Chun, aka um, Jun Night Fury. What's up? We have Amiral, aka Kickman, and our resident expert Brett for Brett. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So just to recap, last week we actually had this Tiala uh, Jun challenge where we uh, had set a f- crazy fitness goal for each other. Uh, that was to. Uh, so just to recap, why don't YJ you start with what was your fitness challenge? So I decided to do something in June over the 30 days, which consisted of running 10km every day for 30 days. So it accumulated to 300km. And also after a run or before, whichever it is, you should do like 100 push-ups, 100 squats, 100 sit-ups. Yeah, so that was basically a challenge. It was, it's actually the One Punch Man challenge. So it's made famous by the, the manga One Punch Man. That's how he trained to be the best hero in the universe. And yeah, so I kind of like egged everyone on to try this out also. And everyone is doing it at a certain, um, at different levels, I guess. And I chose to do the level 10, which is 10 km every day. I think Vin is doing four km every day. Yes. Uh. I'm well. I'm doing the level ten for the statics, but uh, I'm doing the level four for the running. So I'm my target is 120 km this month, and I've done it for the past six days. I haven't done it today yet, and yesterday was my toughest run so far. Wait till today. Yeah. <laughs> my my legs were my legs were like really aching, and my legs are still aching today. So I'm like trying to think about my tactics moving forward should i go for a slow 6k run today and then like have a break tomorrow or something or you know try to figure out what's the best way to not kill myself today <laughs> <laughs> one week into the exercise yeah and amiro you had an interesting experience this week it was uh, she was way too painful for me man i'd rather get headaches from 
um, hangovers, doing handstands <laughs> or something. But I injured myself in the worst way possible, and so I, I was, I was, uh, I was concussed. Um, luckily for me, I didn't have to wear the helmet. Shut up, yeah. <laughs> but I, I had, I had secret lab to thank for to brace my fall. So the secret lab yeah. help cushion the fall, or did it cause the? Okay, why don't you tell us like how it happened? Step like like step recreate step, uh, what, what you were doing. I'm not going you to can show us if you it. want. So no, no, there's no demonstrations <laughs> right now because I, I have been advised to not be moving um so aggressively <laughs> or like too <laughs> intently, right? So what? Okay, I'll, I'll just narrate what happened. Okay, so I was just doing my work, minding my own business, and I have the tendency to just sit like this. I, I don't know what about you guys are, but I always sit like this, uh, like. <laughs> So That's got, so got fucking legs, stupid. Your legs on the chair. Yeah, is okay. squatting on the chair. Yeah, and I have like I would just do this all the time. I move. I like to move back and forth, and yeah, somehow like, I kind of like I don't know, cross too much force, and I just flip backwards, and I landed like back, hit first back, and I was my neck was sore for for it has been sore for like three days now. So did your head hit the ground? Yeah, I know. Uh, so yeah, my 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 pillow cushion the fall. My headboard cushion the fall. So shout out, so imagine. <laughs> yeah, shout out. <laughs> Please. So imagine if I had no, like no protection, man. I, I think I would have been severely injured. So when did that happen? Uh, Wednesday, Wednesday evening, I think. Ay ay ay. It sounds so like you, the. Are, are you the... planning to come and do exercise? Uh, after uh, this. I tried walking yesterday and even walking after 2km made me have really bad headaches so I just stopped. Yeah, I think you should, should just <laughs> should chill. Maybe maybe <laughs> Nigel can just take over your, your mileage. Yeah, I think so too. Nigel, I think I heard that it's transferable, right? Like every group. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Collective, right? yeah. Let me just say, yeah, right, <laughs> I've, I've really not done the 100-100-100 challenge for two days in the week. That's Why? when I didn't do my run. So you haven't so ran for two I'm, days? No, yeah, I haven't ran for two days. Uh, no, no, I didn't run on Wednesday and I didn't run on Friday. So you had a two-day break? Yeah, I had a two-day break. Right. But my my challenge is not as uh, you know severe as you guys. I only need to run 80km, right, I think. 80km by the end of the month. So I think I'm just um, employing a different tactic, not running every day, just... Pushing all out. So, so what's days. your tactic? Yeah, so, <laughs> so like yesterday I ran six km. Today maybe I don't need to run, you know. So as long as I cover at least fifteen to twenty km a week, I should be hitting my goals. So what about yeah. static? What, then? what what are the rules of the sta- on static? Are we supposed to do static regardless of whether we run or not? Yeah, that's why that's why it was so unclear, right? I decided to not do the static and create my own rules for you. <laughs> Nigel, why didn't you consult the judge for that? Yeah, well, you just, never, you know. You changed the competition and you didn't even like consult anyone. You just made up your own rules. <laughs> yeah. I lie, I cheat and I steal. I don't care. Okay, the rules aren't that strict, but basically... Nigel, you, you are cheating to... yourself, you know. Exactly. You have to finish everything. All, you, all you're supposed to do is at the end of the month. So it's just like 3,000... Push-ups at the end of the month. Fine, fine, fine. So I, I, I owe 200 push-ups, 200 sit-ups, and 200 squats. 
Yeah, because at the end of the month, there'll be a review by the committee over all the videos you've sent. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be slowing down the time lapse, right? Just to count yeah. how many reps we've been doing. <laughs> exactly. No, no cheating reps. Eh. If not, there'll be Are some we hiring count. an intern for that? Yeah, it'll be external um, board of. <laughs> yeah, we need a committee. It's too difficult. That. It's really too difficult. All these two difficult challenges are killing me. What else do you have to do? It's, I don't know. It's it's terrible. Are you, do you have anywhere off. to go? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't have anywhere to go. Well, I'm actually like skipping my static today and making it up over next week. Cause this today's run idea. was today's run was horrible. But tell, tell us how I'm, is it like like day to day, like what 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 do you feel day to day? So the first three days you say it was fine, right? Yeah, first three days were f- were fine. Um, and then I think on Thursday or Wednesday I did like f- uh four minute forty per km pace. Ridiculous. So, so I think that was on Wednesday or Thursday. I think Thursday, and then Friday, my pace became five minutes. Then it became five forty and became six minutes. So I I am getting more tired <laughs> over the the course of the week. So um, I'll see how tomorrow is. It's it's quite tiring, especially today, because today I ran a bit later. So I ran around 11-ish, so the sun was almost all the way up. Oh. Um, I think the heat killed me, and then it was just, I had to push myself mentally the most over the past week. So I'll try not to run during that time again and start doing it when the sun isn't out. Yeah, that's the killer. I think even sometimes at five PM is too hot to run. If mm. it it depends on the weather. Mm. And I felt like the my best timing was when it was just about to rain or when it was like at mm. seven PM when the sun yeah. set. I so think the, it really affects. First, yeah, it definitely does. I think the first two days uh was were quite challenging. Then it got easier from day three and four. And five was my best timing. Mm. And then yesterday it was just like wow, all of a sudden it was damn hard. <laughs> Yeah, the accumulated fatigue yeah. uh, and and we're only one week in, so there's more. <laughs> so we need to like pace to ourselves out more. I mean, what was your first <laughs> three days the distance? Uh, first two days distance. Um, I did two point six seven and two point six seven and two point six seven. That's fine. That, that was how you divide, divided it, right? That <laughs> yeah. like right on the dot, right on the dot. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. No more than two point seven. No, two point six seven. No, you don't waste that thirty meters, okay? Yeah, literally right. The last ten meters, I'll be like, "Is it two point six seven yet? Is it two point six seven yet? Oh, two point. Okay, I'm done. I, I just stop. Oh like, regardless of, of how tired I am or not tired, I was really. I just stop. Okay, this is my maximum. Super distance practical. For the day. But were you tired or not after yeah. that? No. <laughs> you see, yeah. you push more. <laughs> but for me, running wasn't my main goal. It's just to hit the bare minimum and try to go harder during the static stations. And oh yeah, so Amiro statics involve uh, resistance bands, you know, so, so stepping up a level there. Yeah, it was too easy. Body weight is too easy for him. Yeah, mm. it feels like doing cardio for your for your body. So I don't want to be losing any any more gains after not lifting at all for three months. So so uh, technically, I, your your static exercises are much harder than ours, right? Uh yeah, just by a little. Yeah, but, but you put all your distance minimal, are too much here, minimalist effort for running. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay <laughs> I acknowledge yeah, okay. that I will I never think... be as fast as YJ or Vin because they are too mad 
YJ is one is mad. Have you seen any changes in your body? I think I've probably I think I've got a bit skinnier. Yeah. Yeah. I've been losing weight, uh, I think, ever, ever since I started running more. Mm. So, sure. yeah. Do you like it? Great. I don't know. Dude, I'm really so light. I don't want to lose any more weight. I yeah, just need Vin has like six packs. Like 24-7. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. Oh, I'm like, I have a layer of fat there from all the no, no, no. McDonald's. <laughs> That's a from last week's episode, is it? <laughs> oh yeah, the day, the day that I ran quite fast was after I ate McDonald's breakfast. <laughs> so McDonald's breakfast gives you wings. One thousand yeah. calories from McDonald's breakfast, right? Definitely linked to better running time. Pro tip. Mm-hmm. I should it's try like that keto tomorrow. Work, guys. Definitely. The amount of the amount of um, advertisement we're giving McDonald's is crazy. <laughs> it is. It's yeah. so Nigel. Technically, we can you... be the new mascots. Yeah. McDonald's mascots. The Olympics are cancelled, right? So we kind of like took over like This is the Olympics huh? Yeah this is basically <laughs> the Olympics <laughs> Guys I think we should be doing Olympics with other podcasts And challenge them to fitness tests I think we'll be Who should we uh, challenge? I mean look at them I have no idea Push up challenge Amriel will thank for us Yes I can <laughs> Running y'all Y'all do it Well we can do a like What what kind of event do they call it uh? Like the multi-discipline Pen- Pentalon Pen- Yeah Pentalon. something like that a podcast panel. <laughs> we can. That's, that's one way to put ourselves on the map. Yes. So which we challenge uh, with Fakafas? <laughs> we, we one versus four. <laughs> For sure, we will beat <laughs> Fakafas. We'll be more better than Fakafas. <laughs> we challenge the Kosh also. Take on the, the big ones. I will challenge him in eating. I can I can win him, I think. <laughs> hey, don't, hey. He, eating is his profession. Eh. Oh, really? He's making yeah. money from eating. Do not underestimate. Exactly. He he has really weird um eating habits. I must say. He he. I I saw a video he did the other day where he eat um milk, and twisties. What? Yeah yeah yeah. Legit. Wait, what flavor twisties though? Uh, cheese. I think oh, it was that's cheese. Fine, yeah. yeah, they're both milk based products. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's fine. That is it for our updates for our you know Jalat June challenge. We shall go into a discussion about Army Days. Um, so just to give a little backgrounder about Army Days, it was a 1996 comedy film about um, five guys uh, entering BMT. And it's based on a play by uh, Michael Chiang, the very famous like playwright in Singapore. Uh, his, his play was... Um, uh, featured on in 1987 and uh, it stars people like Sheikh Haikal I'm sure everyone knows uh, so yeah we will go right into it um, so basically this this whole segment is about looking back at you know iconic movies to see if they were as good as we remember it to be so do you remember your first times watching it and coming out of the the either finishing it on on television or coming out of the cinema and thinking, you know, what were your first thoughts after watching it? I can't remember the first time I watched it. When when would be the first time I watched it though? If it came it, out in nineteen ninety six, yeah, I don't think I remember watching it then. I can't I'm sure the first time it was I on. It I'm sure it was on I, television during one of the national days. I'm pretty sure <laughs> because they always like to show Singapore movies on national day. Yeah, I think it, I might have watched it in army, with oh, like, wow. with like my but I but I can't really remember because 
like when I watched it again yesterday, I rec- I remember a lot of the scenes. So I definitely seen it before, but I just can't remember when I watched it exactly. Yeah, yeah. and and the thing about Army Days, the the thing that most people talk about it, right? Because it it was the sort of first film to really shed light on what uh, uh army boys' experience is like, and it was done in a such a like they they didn't try to push out any uh, national message about it. It was so like random. It was so funny. So maybe did you see any? similarities in your army life you know as compared to the movie well I just watched the movie like before we started talking <laughs> I didn't finish it <laughs> fuck you you have one fresh job in your head <laughs> yeah it's still fresh in my head um, I watched until like the camo- the few cam but um, I mean the stereotypes in the mo- not me- okay the characters in the movie they're very like stereotypical you kind of get to see like Definitely other people in, in those characters. The Abeng, the the Johari, the Krishna, the, um, the Kenny, yeah, the um, flamboyant Kenny guy. Pereira, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and to be honest, I think those characters were really funny, even though it was a bit like over the top. And I then I think definitely saw some similarities. Although not like full like like um, one-to-one comparison but definitely a bit here and there over like army life but granted that that show was like written in 1986 and then made into a movie in 1987 mm. but yeah so even though it's been like almost 20 years and more it was still quite like the stereotypes are still quite there for like army um so yeah i definitely saw some some of my experiences in there i do what think there was a there was a lot of uh in in my opinion, there was a lot of like cringy stereotypical <laughs> moments la, in in it <laughs> to a point where because I I it reminded me a lot of like the the TCS shows in the nineties right like the very on the nose dialogue very uh yeah. <laughs> exaggerated and people were talking the way people talked was not how people would communicate it was just it was done in a in a caricature done in a way that is like very over the top. But what struck me was actually like Kenny's character. I think that that to have such a flamboyantly like gay character, right, in the in that show at nineteen ninety six or so, it was something that was quite progressive for that time, I think. Though though they never really talked about his sexuality until that scene where uh Johari, Sheikh Haikal's character, uh and Kenny had an argument, right? And then they, and then they were both like <laughs> Kenny was saying like, um, you know, you, you guys uh, just sit around and share short-sighted views on, on army life. And then Sheikh Haikal's character says, you every day, you gay here, you gay there. Then you ask people to do things for you. Then he walks out and everything like that. That's the only time they talked about his sexuality. And throughout the whole the whole series, right? I mean, the whole film, they didn't really make a big deal out of it. It was kind of like, he just they just accepted it as it, as it was. So mm. that was quite interesting. And thinking about it now, I mean, like, how long? 20, 24, 25 years after that. Yep. It was it was definitely quite progressive, lah, the way the way they portrayed his character. Although it is very, very over the top and very flamboyant and like, you know, the whole like walking to the shower with all his products and like his hair, like <laughs> a towel on his head and everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The the scene yeah. where he tries on the boots also. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sashes. Like, oh, of course, of course. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I I actually agree with you. I I think it was really good because for that time, it was it's still, I mean for all its um uh eccentricities, right? The characters played in a very positive light, like um he was he emerged the the f- he seemed to emerge the fastest in the SOC course. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And yeah. uh, you know he was you know he 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 seemed to be participating in all the exercises so i think for its time right it's actually one of the most progressive characters in singapore film history for me lah at least mm. any thoughts yeah. amiril i think for me it's a bit different from you guys because i didn't have the army experience per se but uh and i was also along with the along the lines of like i didn't watch the movie when it first came out i only started watching it only recently like two years back even after my um enlistment has ended and I could still relate to them in terms of that those stereotypes uh, is applicable towards the uh, Singapore police force oh, so for me I was enlisted into the, the police force and our training duration is a bit longer instead of the normal nine weeks right we had to go for me I had to go through six months of, of police training yeah. and, and it's, it's for me it's perfect to realise all those um, characters that were developed during during the show because there is some resonance and there is some similarities like what you all have shared uh, between yeah. my my own experiences and the how characters are being portrayed. To which so character me, exactly? Think, um, like like what you said, the the flamboyant guy, the the Joharis. There's there's always someone like that in every <laughs> like um, what what's it called platoon or every every group cluster. Uh. Every group, yes, that's the word. That's so COVID. <laughs> that's so certificate <laughs> terminology. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, words escape me. Uh, but yeah, like what you say, it is a, an absolute timeless classic because even if I were to pass it on to my grandson or whatever, I think it's still very relatable to them and maybe they'll, they'll think that, oh shit, this is what our fathers and uncles grew up watching and this is how we were shaped, lah, I would say. Hmm. You know, I feel right, I, I was thinking about that and I feel that if we show someone like a like a teenager now like that grew up like like in this era and if we show a film like that to them, I think they will point out a lot of things that that were quite uh wrong with it in terms of the stereotypical yep. representation. Yep. Because because I think we still grew up at a time in a time where when we were in primary school and secondary school, a lot of the minority representation on TV was still stereotypical. So it was part of what we were used to yep. versus the representation now has changed quite a bit. So like, for example, Krishna's character, when he does the whole Bollywood dancing. <laughs> oh my God. That's, that is like, I think if you, if you, if you put it on TV nowadays, like you're going to have a lot of people commenting on that, man. They'll be like, yep. like, huh? Is, is that all, is that all the character, the Indian character is? Then Johari definitely all must be musician, must be at the, at the end of it. He, he wins the, the, what Bagus, right? The what's it called? The Najib Ali. Asia show. Bagus. Asia Bagus. Yeah, and then Krishna becomes a lawyer. And then Abing sells handphones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I wanted to ask you all that. Because I mean you all you're um you know Indian and Malay. How what do you think of you know Krishna's character and, and Johari's character? Like for that time it was, it seemed to be okay, but uh do you think that Singapore you know the 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 media industry has progressed even to today. Like you you are saying that these scenes will not be allowed, but 
in actual fact, you do still see all these like stereotypes, right? In in minority characters. Maybe not in the Bollywood scenes. Maybe not in the you know like the op- the opening scene where Johari greets his big ass family. Yeah. Wasn't that super stereotypical? Like you 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 can't have that today, right? But I like how he salam the kids though. He was just like banging their heads <laughs> on his belly. And of course, he says "jangan tension, jangan tension." Yeah, what do you think? Like, what, what, what do you think of? Like, can it be done tastefully? Can stereotypes be done tastefully? Can you still laugh at these scenes without, you know, having all that discussion about about racist stereotypes? I think when you watch something, right, you need to, uh, if you you have to understand the intent behind it also. So I think I don't think, um. If, if you're outwardly making fun of a stereotype and you're watching it and then as an audience you know that the filmmaker or the person behind the camera or the writing the scripts or whatever is just doing it to show how ridiculous the stereotype is then I think there's still a lot of room for, for that in especially in comedies because comedies are the comedies are probably the only genre of, of content that you can make where you can still use stereotypes nowadays mm. as long as you are showing that it, you're making fun of it because it's, it's, it's all in jest and it's not taken seriously but if you're doing it in a drama and stuff like that right obviously it's a bit there's there's, there's differences but I don't know I think that I'm not I'm not entirely sure how much it was making fun of the stereotypes back then I guess it was but maybe maybe not not as woke as it would be now you know I I think it, it, it might be a bit yeah I, I I think it's also down to the writing at that time right like the, the style of writing and I think what was on TV during then like like under one roof or like um what was that police show like police, police and, and thief team. even though that was a bit later than that but it was also like stereotypical and i i don't know whether it's also because of the writing and that's how people like saw how to write comedy in these stereotypical ways i think that the stereotypical ways still continue i mean until up until now i think it's a format that really sticks amongst a lot of Singaporeans and you can see on YouTube channels, popular YouTubers, influencers, and like people really resonate with with this format at least in Singapore. So they just rather stick to something that is very tried and tested to be successful, I guess, or something that is very relatable with the majority of the audiences. So do you think that's why, I I mean, I, I do think that's why filmmakers like Jack Neo and stuff have become like the most successful filmmaker in Singapore, right? Because his his films are, are full of, of stereotypical characters. And, but in a way, writing on stereotypes, the downside of that is if you are successful and you keep doing the same things, then you're kind of dumbing down the content for your audience, right? So yeah. mm-hmm. the audience, using stereotypes is a way that people, f- uh, that make it easier for people to relate to certain, to, to the other, to, to people that they may not particularly have a lot of interactions with so they hear and they see this is like for example a Malay guys like this or Indian guys like this like oh yeah okay, I understand that I, I, I know that this is what they, they do right and then oh see it's not, I'm not the only one that thinks this way kind of kind of a thing so that's probably why these filmmakers have become very famous but once you reach that level right you gotta un- I, I think to me of, of course if, if it works it works you keep doing it but you have to kind of see the audience as more has more than just people that feed off stereotypes, right? You know, if you if you if you had like a a Malay or Indian lead character in a Jack Neil film that subverted all the stereotypes, that didn't mm. that wasn't any typical Indian or Malay uh, profession, 
who just or maybe he wanted to be uh an engineer or like a doctor or something. I don't know. I mean something that that we wouldn't necessarily put together with that race. How that I wonder how that would, would um come across to the audience and would would a film like that still be as successful if it didn't rely on these stereotypes. That's something that I I'm I've yet to fully see with the most with the more popular filmmakers here. Yeah, it really brings up the the conversation as to whether filmmakers have a role in society to either reflect the the way people think other races are or to subvert all of that and to give a new narrative, uh, the real narrative. It, it, I I feel like Jack Neal is lazy in the sense that he he goes back to what is tried and tested and he keeps doing the same shit and he knows he's going to get a laugh and that really pisses me off lah because like uh the way army days did it right uh one particular scene where where the rich kid the malcolm his mom says uh, in the car oh don't share your toothbrush uh you you don't know uh what these people are something along those lines uh i think i i would argue that was done tastefully because it is actually shining a light on how uh some chinese parents would think and yes it's a stereotype but it's actually criticizing how chinese parents are and uh you know it's not it's not pouring uh fuel over the flames over like how we how we um, are more wary of each other it's actually criticizing how some of these people think and it's wrong what what do you think yeah I, 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 her, I, I agree yeah yeah her her character there's definitely there's definitely a way to see as it being like a criticism of like the whole like Chinese mother way of um of speaking or that that's that kind of image she has of other people but also like okay now I guess I'm thinking whether this is the filmmaker's intent or whichever but it could easily also be not his intention to criticize that, but just also to to highlight it and to like make it a reflection of of um that stereotype, and it also can be used as a stereotype to get laughs, cause for sure I could see some um people like watching that and being a bit like find this weird or they actually laugh at that, cause it can be so true. It's um, reinforcing their beliefs, lah. Maybe yeah, if yeah, it could. If you don't and think like about it critically, and there's also one scene. I think the mother is a very interesting character because she's kind of like what a mom wants from, ideally, from like a child in in NS or in the kind of people she she mixes with. Um, I think you see that very also, privileged background, very very yeah, upper background. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I remember the yeah. the scene where, um, the parents first visited them in camp, and then Abing went to talk to like the mom. Praising the son, like, oh, your son's very on the ball, this and that, this and that. Then the mom's like, what ball? What this? What that? Then she, like, walked off with, like, <laughs> like, like from the son. Then the son went to chase after her. And then the mom was, like, saying that, why do they speak like that? Like, I told you to mix with intelligent people. And that's definitely, like, what, what Nigel said. Like, that's definitely a criticism. We can see it as a criticism. But also, at that point in time, I don't know whether it was... I guess like it can be a criticism and it also can be a way to to just highlight that kind of behavior in a lot of um, that privileged behavior, which I think is 
um, important to show. Uh, and I hope that the filmmakers intent was to kind of highlight that and show how that kind of, that way of speaking, because it can be so normal to, to many privileged people, that way of speaking, and to show how over the top like those words can be. And yeah, I think I kind of saw it that way also. Like, why is this so over the top, yet so normal at the same time for a lot of people? I think that's a very important thing for that the film did is to show that. Yeah, what what do you think of the Johari character, Amira? Like, uh, in relation to your own self, not you know seeing others. In relation to my own self, shit. Um, like, so okay. Why I asked this question? Why yeah. I asked this question was because, um, uh, you, maybe you can share like growing up, right? You know, were there any particular uh actors or scenes or? Um, characters that you looked up to when you were growing up and were any of them Malay and can you comment on you know the Johari character as someone that you could you know see I think for me it was, it's a bit different because I grew up watching Malay cartoons actually rather than um, following up like you know uh, movie stars like your Aaron Aziz or Suhaimi Yusuf and things like that because for me the, the cartoons were always showing that kampung spirit which I liked uh, which has that sense of community and it just feels good watching it. And I, I, I'm not too sure whether you guys have heard this show called Anna Anna Sidek before. No. Okay, so it's a really, really big um, cartoon uh, from Malaysia and it has kind of like a cult following in Singapore. So uh, they, they will publish blue books, um, cut TV series for it. So you have that all that format. And for, for me, I, I really like watching, I forgot the characters' names, but it has it really breaks down into like the, the you have a character that is that is very who portrays their really good leadership skills you, that is basically a stereotype of the Malay society within for the Malay people and we kind of like really resonated, resonated and appreciated that uh, portrayal really well I, I want to draw examples but I really can't because my head hurts when I think really much <laughs> too much <laughs> So you're saying it's a it's a stereotype within a stereotype. like it's a it's a Malay stereotype. It's a type of person that Malay yeah. people know, like they can relate to, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But I don't know what the um the flag or the the how was it received in in Malaysia as compared to Singapore. In Singapore, we loved it, and our parents like you know kept buying comics <laughs> and kept making me at least to watch it. So yeah. So it was a Malaysian actually uh, that'll be my homework. Yeah. It was a Malaysian um production. Yeah, it was a Malaysian production like Upin and Impin, but uh, oh, I know, I know Upin and Impin. Yeah, I know that also. <laughs> I Instead of stereotypes, how about like the whole army experience? Like, um, do you guys like see anything that that kind of made you felt good about the movie? Like, what made you felt feel good about the movie? Was it like nostalgic, or was it like you wish you were back in in field camp again? Why don't uh, you tell us since you spend the most yeah. time in the <laughs> in, in the field? What do you do, YJ, back in the army? What do I do? Uh? Um, we are basically like infantry, like helicopter, heli infantry, which which we spend a lot of the time in the jungle. We spend a lot of time marching, and for me, the army experience wasn't uh, kind of like a bad thing, which I wish never happened to me. It was something that I I I wouldn't say really enjoy, but um, it was it was a good way to experience something different that you never get to experience in the rest of your civilian life. 
Um, so there was a lot of tough training, a lot of um, camaraderie, which I think is something that was highlighted well in the movie, like all these different backgrounds, because there's definitely a lot of people with different backgrounds in my camp at Bedok. Like you had like, um, like some camps had mostly like all Chinese, some camps had mostly like all Malay. Um, but my camp was very like diverse, very mixed. Um, so it's definitely a fun thing to see all this um, camaraderie happen. Like even in my like platoon, like my the people I work with, they were like a good mix of different races, different backgrounds. Um, so that's one of the things that I found. I felt good watching the movie that that there was something I missed about the army. Um, and I I guess it's also good that we always have like reservists, which is when you go back to camp for training. And you meet these people again, and then you feel this um, bond, this camaraderie again. Um, yeah, and it was always fun. It's always fun to reflect on the the dumb things you did when you were in army. Um, like, like um, getting muddy or walking in the rain, things like that. So I guess that movie, uh, that drew me more in the movie, the experience, the shared experience I had with the characters. Yeah, what, what about you guys? Uh, well, the first thing I, I I realized while watching the movie is that I was also from H Company, also pl- Platoon 4, also Section 1. <laughs> but it's I was Hawk in Hawk 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 uh, This was BMT, I was in Hot Koi, so which is, I mean, last time was Hotel, right? Yeah. Uh, the thing about, the thing about, you talked about, um, in your unit was quite diverse. In my, in my BMT Platoon, right, there were only two non-Chinese guys, me and another guy. Wow. So, yeah. Out of how many? Out of, uh, how many people in the platoon are? Like 50 or uh, 40? You should know your sergeant, right? BMT. Uh, BMT, <laughs> BM- BMT is like 11, is 12. I think it's like 15 per section, right? 12. Oh yeah, maybe 15 per section. So it's like 60 Roughly. people a platoon. <laughs> yeah, so it was, it was, oh yeah. And then I was the, in when I went to SCS, the specialist cadet school, I was the only non-Chinese guy in my, in my whole platoon. Shit. And guess guess what? Who was the first uh platoon IC? You. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the the one that stood out the most lah. <laughs> but that being said, okay, so I had that's the, the the thing that similar to YJ, right? What drew me to the think about my own experience was the fact that, you know, we all didn't know anyone. We didn't know we didn't know each other. We all wouldn't probably hang out together if we had a choice, like if we just randomly met up with each other. But through going through the field camps to the all the the tough training when it was raining uh, doing our, our outfield for five days and we were like sleeping in our shell scrapes with our, with our legs floating in the water and and you know like it's just you and your <sighs> buddy and my buddy always eats so I had to be paired up with two other guys and Don't so I, it was a yeah and we, <laughs> and I was carrying the metadol I think so I had to like strap that to like my, my belt and I like, put it under under my body yeah, I mean, you have all these experiences that you can talk to because talk to people about because it's like, you know, when you all go through the same struggles together and then you come out of it closer, it's just how people work, right? You know, if you see someone at their lowest and, you know, you just push each other through it and you realize that everyone's going through the same thing as you are, then you just naturally become closer. Hope you enjoyed the first part of the episode. In part two, we'll be delving deeper into racial stereotypes we experienced during our time in army 
and how it has affected our lives. We also touch on the Black Lives Matter movement and how it applies to Singaporeans. Don't forget to like and subscribe on your preferred podcast app. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Instagram and YouTube. Just search for Puckish Podcast. P-U-C-K-I-S-H.